Monday Night Raw podcast from the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWA. What was it? Night three or four in Toronto. Uh, WWE had Raw last night. Cool show. It. Uh, oh, I'll say this going into it. Hits hell. The third hour is uh, being packed with uh, action only because, well, not because, but uh, in order to keep interest in the product, I can definitely say that uh, it's it's working out well, in my opinion. I believe the third hour for the past uh, couple of weeks has been uh, one of the, uh, it's the hour that feels like, man, Raw t- certainly uh, picked up the pace. So, you know, my compliments there to the creative team and uh, all that uh, potentially executively direct and obviously to, you know, the head honcho, the master manipulator himself. Either way, we open up Raw and we have, um, you know, Seth Rollins come on out, new universal champion celebrating with the crowd. Seth needs some edge. Let's not, let's not uh, use this championship run as uh, you know just something to be happy with. Like, oh yeah, he's champ, and that's it. But Brock came through as champion. Potentially, more than likely, something was getting destroyed. So the Beast Slayer, uh, you know, we gotta gotta follow that act. I'm pretty sure that it'll be handled accordingly. And uh, I have all faith that uh, Seth will be regarded as that badass architect that uh, aided in burning the peace of Suplex City. Well, Toronto division to the ground. Either way, uh, AJ comes out with his bawa as the OC. And um, we we got a challenge from AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, main event. One-on-one, we know we've seen it before, but AJ was a good guy. Now he's, you know, uh, healed, so it it could be some really good stuff. The main event went well. I wasn't upset about it, but we'll get into it when we get there. Backstage, Street Profits, you know, doing their thing. Worked real well together. Uh, <laughs> LOL at uh, Sleeping Jokes. My man Dawkins must have been putting in some... Uh, extra hours during that after party because he couldn't couldn't stay awake and uh you know that was funny but either way Sami Zayn comes through pretty much uh tells these guys that it's different on the main roster or something like that whatever everybody's joking manufactured blah 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 but um they uh see Samoa Joe behind who's seemingly turning into a baby face but uh no and we'll get into that. So, uh, yeah, he's talking, you know, Street Profits talking to uh, Sammy. And he's like, oh, what about Samoa Joe? While he's standing there, he said, oh, Samoa Joe, don't even get me started. Whatever. Samoa Joe punks him. And um, what was it? Uh, sets off a match in ring next. So they have their match. And uh, it happened. It went fairly quickly. Sammy Zayn got beat up. Shouldn't been talking shit. Part of my PG, and um, we had 
and uh, Samoa Joe grab the microphone and say no. He doesn't care about any of this babyface talk because he is clearly still a heel. So, all right, cool. I think it was a good way last week to just keep him in good graces with the crowd and ensure that he knows that the crowd is still behind him. So a seeming babyface turn, it worked out fairly well for him. I liked it. Miz and Dolph Ziggler go at it next. Uh, they were scheduled since last week. Uh, Ziggy came out, you know, after his uh, brutal, brutal match with Goldberg at SummerSlam. And, you know, they, they have their match. You know, Miz picks up the victory off a of figure four. Don't see that often. And uh, Dolph still is talking in the ring. And, uh, he's out, laid out. But either way, Miz comes back on down, hits him with a skull crushing finale. And, you know, walks off. So, a good segment. I think just like Dolph needed the big win, Miz needed a win also. And that worked for both of them. Even though they were supposed to go at it at SummerSlam, these guys almost uh, are, you know, attached at the hip with, you know, how they go at it in the ring just for the past couple of years around this time in summer. But whatever. They went at it. Miz came out on top. That's fine. And, uh, you know, we'll just see how these guys continue to develop in storyline if we're not focused on other superstars because that was what it seemed like last night. Uh, some newer superstars are getting a little bit of, you know, the, uh, the TV time. So not bad. Not bad at all. Ricochet goes at it with Elias. Uh, well, Elias, you know, has sing, I think, did he sing a song? No, he didn't. He was talking about how he's constantly interrupted. He knows it's going to happen again. So who's going to be? Had Toronto counting down with him. And eventually this brings out Ricochet. I wasn't mad at the match. It was just a... Hmm. I think they just need more time to work together. So maybe they could uh, have something cool. But either way, uh, Ricochet uh, hits a sunset flip off of the second rope uh, and goes for the roll-up victory. And Elias had his shoulder up, even though the ref couldn't see it. So the ref counts three. Ricochet picks up the victory, and Elias is fairly upset with it. Like, man, how about that? So uh, Ricochet picks up a victory. It wasn't... uh, you know, their best, but it's still the first time they're going at it, and with the shoulder going up, and it was obvious that these guys are going to have some more uh, story to tell, potentially, uh, but we'll see, because the main event did also uh, include Ricochet, and it wasn't even half bad, but either way, Elias uh, did not pick up the victory against Ricochet, he could have continued the match, but didn't. Rey Mysterio and Andrade uh, go at it one-on-one, two out of three falls. And uh, it was uh, fairly interesting because, uh, uh, hey, first of all, Andrade, is in, he's the next face of uh, Latinos in WWE. I'll just call it Latin America because, you know, uh, potentially FS1, but no. Uh, Andrade is totally great in ring. Uh, Ray is obviously a legend, but Andrade has Lena Vega with him. That's something Ray well, shoot, shoot, Tigress from, from what, from WCW, but no, that's, that's so yesterday, um, nah, Selena Vega, uh, aided Andrade with picking up the first victory, it was actually really good stuff, she grabbed, uh, well, Andrade hit, hit something, went for the, 
went for the cover and uh, had put his foot, foot up on the ropes. Zelina grabbed the ropes also, or grabbed his feet, and held him down for uh, more leverage, and that was actually very good. Pick up the first victory. Then, uh, in the second uh, fall, Andrade just picks up the victory with, uh, well, he gets his knees up off of a frog splash. I believe uh, he was, Ray was trying to get around uh, Zelina Watts so he could uh, hit the 619. He goes for the frog splash after the fact, and is, you know, he. I think Andrade gets the knees up. There we go. And uh, hits the hammerlock DDT. Ray took the loss fairly hard. And, I mean, it's great in storyline. He did a good job portraying his uh, frustration. And we'll, we'll see how uh, Ray responds next week. You know, where does he go from here? I believe was a part of the backstage interview with Charlie Caruso. So we'll, um, we'll see how the story continues to develop. Pardon me. Now, Drew McIntyre and Cedric Alexander went at it next. And, you know, to have, uh, you know, Cedric highlighted like this is almost saying that they want to uh, have the people understand that they should see him as a star. I mean, we all knew Cedric was capable from 2 well, before 2 but from the Cruiserweight Classic. You know, Triple H saw uh, something special in him when everyone was screaming, please sign Cedric. And uh, now we're seeing him in the ring with uh, arguably one of the top superstars in modern day WWE. So, and being Drew McIntyre. So I'm uh, happy to see Cedric uh, getting the opportunities and taking full advantage of them. And we know that Drew is somebody that uh, is extremely passionate about the in-ring work and the sports entertainment in itself. So to have these guys go back and forth and really... uh, both of them have the chance to really uh, showcase each other's talents. Like, look, you notice the three elements of the match with me, how you hit how you hit a move or how you execute the move, how you take the move, and how you defend yourself. Like, you know, evasion and uh, reversals and counters and stuff like that. Both of these guys really, really impressed last night. The Spanish fly off of the top rope. I, I honestly enjoyed Drew more so part of me. I, I liked uh, Drew showing that even for a big man, he can do all of that stuff. And it's like, wow. <laughs> you know, like, wow. Cedric Alexander hit a lumbar check out on the floor, the mat outside of the ring. Oh my goodness. Drew is no small man. So for said, who was a cruiserweight, you know, I mean, he lost the weight to get into the competition, but still, that was something else. And uh, Drew McIntyre hit that Claymore. You could almost see it coming when you're, you know, looking from that offensive standpoint. Like, oh, man, Seth looks like he got a little, he got a great, about, a great amount of offense in. But Drew McIntyre is just way, way too crafty. So Seth hit the ropes. Drew hits the ropes. And, um, well, I think Seth hit the ropes twice. Drew came off the ropes and hit a Claymore. Great stuff. Backflip sell. Great great match between the two I could appreciate excellent in-ring work and that there was that so we'll see if these guys eventually get a match I think they're uh, you know warming everyone up to the idea of these guys having a match and we potentially have 
a, another star on our hands in Cedric Alexander. Not like a mega star or a superstar, like larger than life, but another character that uh, could be highly regarded and respected by the WWE universe. So, uh, good, good segment. Robert Roode takes on No Way Jose. And, uh, I mean, we haven't seen much from either one of these guys outside of being a part of the 24-7 crew. So, uh, you know, they were, they had their match. It was a cool match just to, you know, move things by. I hope the fans enjoyed it. I thought it was all right for what it was. You know, it wasn't any stakes on the line. It was, you know, good in-ring competition. And just seeing the action in the ring is what I think matters most initially. And, of course, the stories that are compelling go into it. But uh, ultimately, you know, the first thing we need to look at before anything would be the uh, in-ring action. So it was good stuff. And, you know, it was a match the way it was supposed to be. All right. Now, I believe this was a match between the Lucha House Party and uh, the Revival. This match didn't really get off of the ground too much. They had gotten a bit of offense, but uh, all troops music hits. Out comes the 24-7 champion. With Carmelo, of course. Uh, I think the 24 7 crew is chasing him. Or Jake Maverick was leading the charge. Carmelo trips him. And uh, all the action happens in the ring. Uh, the revival pin R Truth, I believe, to become the first ever co 24 uh, 7 champions. I thought that was pretty comical in itself. And uh, I believe uh, R Truth got the championship back. But later on in the evening, uh, took a guitar shot from Elias, which makes Elias the new uh, 24-7 champion. And, hey, you know, uh, uh, okay. You know, this is this is a, a belt that is defended 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You got to have your head on a swivel, and you got to constantly be ready so you don't have to get ready. Iron Sharp as Iron is what a great champion says. You know, what great champions have said. So, uh, you know, you just want to keep your iron sharp so you could be the best possible champion you could be. So we'll see uh, what type of shenanigans take place, uh, maybe even tomorrow night on SmackDown Live. Jim Neanville Neidhart uh, passed away 365 days ago last night. Uh, I never had the opportunity to really see him and Brett in action. I was much too young at the time, but... I always uh, know to respect the legends because they did pave the way for Natty to be uh, showcased in the fashion that she was so recently. And, you know, knowing that the Anvil was, you know, uh, uh, on Divas every so often. And Natty was and is still one of the uh, mainstays and main faces on that show. You know, and seeing small pieces here and there that I would peep. I'd see the, the anvil on, and you could see just how much Natty loved the dad. So it was uh, really cool to let Natty have that moment in Toronto. And, you know, uh, she said that her dad, you know, came to her in a dream and told her that she did a good job. So even in defeat, just like I agreed with, Natty did great. I, my word means nothing. But I was proud of seeing Natty get in there and do her thing and, you know, really perform at the level that she was performing, even though Becky picked up that victory. But 
we got the return of Sasha. Look, I I, I can't be being too loud and reactive during the live event at times because I have my own responsibilities to attend to and I'm always paying attention. Sometimes my excitement can uh, travel and everyone else gets excited. So I can say that I went Super Saiyan Blue when Sasha came out, but it was well before she ripped that wig off her head. Man, Sasha's home. What up, Sasha? Welcome back. I hope you refreshed. I hope you good to go. Because it damn sure seemed like it. Man, she came out, hugged Natty. Oh, what a nice moment. And proceeded to whoop a dead ass. Oh, man, it was something else. Yo, Sasha, the first swing, it was something serious. Then she went on and... I, man, look, you're just going to have to go see that on one of WWE, number, well, WWE social platforms because I can't put words to that. And we ain't seen Sasha as a bad guy in a little minute. What, since Team Bad, for real, for real? And, I mean, this new edge, the new attitude, that ass open was so bad, the man had to come out and try to save her and couldn't. Becky Lynch came out. Look, this is a whole other story in itself. They've got some. They've got a small amount of heat. They haven't faced stuff in forever. I personally have not seen a heel Sasha Banks for real, for real. Team Bad heel Sasha Banks was was carrying. You know, uh, who was it? Oh, well, she was carrying. She was the new Jack in the team at the time. But we all knew there was a special flair to a special spark. I wasn't even a huge fan of her. You know, I thought she looked like Tweety Bird, which I guess isn't too. It's a compliment in a way, I guess. But no, either way, she's grown. Sasha, I know you're listening. Keep it up. Real rap. Anyway, uh, it was uh, a great showing from Sasha. We know Natty was backstage, said that she has respect for uh, for Becky after their matchup. It was it was it was cool. I like how they, they put the respect out there, you know, and, and we can see now, which in a way answers my questions from last week, you know, and leading into SummerSlam, like who's the heel and who's the face? Two baby faces, just more edgy, and that's what y'all want, that's what we've been asking for, and then we got some more. Not only did we get Edge hitting his first spear in like eight years, we got Sasha Banks just decimating an already injured and we hope everything goes all right at that MRI today. Natalia, which is like, what? Sasha's back. Beat up Becky too. Chair shots. All kinds of craziness. Sasha's back. How how do we how how, how does this storyline continue to develop? We're gonna get Sasha versus Becky. This is ex- just like Natty needed Becky. I think it's a clear consensus that Becky needs Sasha right now. I think. It would be cool to have uh, Becky win. I, I, I think obviously, you know what I mean? Like, we want Becky to pick up the victory just just off, you know, who's been putting in the work for the past couple of months, who's been helping carry the division. But as soon as I called out the two pillars yesterday, 
first of all, we got the two pillars on on Raw and being uh, AJ Styles and Seth Rollins going at it in the main event. And then we got Sasha, the boss, right back. Already been women's tag team champion. That That's already been women's champion a number of times. I think now... I think now would be a cool time for when Sasha does win the championship, which could even be, what, whenever the next WWE uh, pay-per-view is. What's that? Clash of Champions coming up, so we'll figure it out. But, uh, yeah, maybe Sasha can hold the championship for more than one pay-per-view, more than one month. We will see. But right now, the look is tra- Sasha's a transitional champ. Maybe Becky's be able to bring that up. We know Alexa Bliss brought it up a while ago, you know, and then it started really showing. But uh, we'll find out. I just know that uh, that was an excellent segment, maybe one of the highest points of the show for not just myself, but for the entire crowd enjoying out in Toronto. Like the night after SummerSlam 2019, Sasha made her return after, you know, uh, the little mishap and misunderstanding that mania. But now she's back. She seems refreshed. I'm excited for it. Can you tell? Okay. The Viking Raiders beat Dos Locales again. And uh, that's what's up. I personally would like to see AOP versus these guys also. I'm listening to a couple of podcasts and... These are the thoughts that have been coming to the mind. So, hey, uh, maybe, maybe not. Who's going to be the first tag team they actually take on? Uh, remains to be, like, the first official and real tag team that might give them a challenge. We'll find out. But right now, these guys are squashing everything in front of them. Local talent or former champion. So, hey, shouts to the Viking Raiders. WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, the odd couple. Nikki Cross, Alexa Bliss, defending against the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka Chan and Kyrie Sane. Uh, look, there have been so many that have been begging and begging and begging and begging to see Asuka back on television. Not only was she on television, she finally got a championship opportunity. They made space for it. Made Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross look like actual defending champs. Shouts to the Iconics. I'm, I think they've still been coming together really well on the microphone and just doing just great, great work. Even though we haven't seen them too tough in the ring, I know that they're practicing. What we did see with them defending last night on the well at SummerSlam during the kickoff. Either way, uh... Alexa and Nikki Cross are taking on the Kabuki Warriors. Good match, good back and forth. Good tandem offense from both sides. Uh, the end of the match saw Asuka kick the post. And uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> that was the end of that. <laughs> so Kyrie Sane trying to defend for herself. Couldn't work. Nikki hit a finishing maneuver and set up the assist. For uh, Alexa Bliss to hit Twisted Bliss. And that's the 1-2-3 victory. So, still, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross. Why not? Everyone been complaining about the Women's Tag Team Division being a joke. I think the Women's Division was... Man, they looked great last night. That was great for just... I'm, I'm happy for the Women's Division. 
after a situation like after all of that, man, these girls they they went out there and they really really bust their ass. Period. There's much intrigue in the women's division again, in my opinion. Okay, now on our way to the main event, we had Seth Rollins taking on AJ Styles, flanked by Boaz, Anderson Gallows, the OC. Went at it. Cool match, cool back and forth, good moments. Wasn't uh, anything crazy to write home about except the OC got sent backstage, uh, you know, kicked off by the referee because of they, their attempt at interfering in the matchup. They were helping AJ get back in the ring. It was just a couple of moments that were like, really? Either way, uh, right when things turned up, I believe Anderson and Gallows came from the back again, caused the DQ, and um, this brings out Ricochet after they are beating down uh, AJ, excuse me, beating down Seth. So Universal Champ uh, actually got some aid from Ricochet, luckily, and uh, not bad. But the three-on-two advantage, the numbers advantage, was still too great for them. But this brings out, whoa, the monster among men, Braun Strowman. We haven't seen him in a little while. I'm glad he was uh, put, I'm glad he got some TV time. The crowd clearly began to miss him. It was, uh, in his absence, it was like, hey, well, you know, we know he still exists. And it was made very clear last night that the crowd definitely uh, still cares about Braun Strowman a great deal. So it was good to see him. And, uh, man, oh, and after the, the, toward the end of the show, we had Braun Strowman go and grab the Universal Championship. And uh, teased, uh, you know, a match potentially because we know Braun still wants that title. I mean, who doesn't? But um, yeah, very good, very good stuff. I wasn't mad at it at all. I thought that uh, I think that Braun and Seth could put on a hell of a match. Braun, one of the quickest big men we have, and Seth. Hey, man, him and AJ clearly are the flag bearers of Monday Night Raw right now. So, good stuff, good show. It went well. And uh, we're going to see how SmackDown Live can compete with that tonight. And I will catch y'all tomorrow to review and recap it all. Shout out to everybody to bring you the podcast each and every week. Uh, no special plugs for me. I don't have any uh, anybody that I should recommend. Because I'm pretty sure anybody I recommend is uh, is already on, on point And doesn't need the recommendation uh, from your boy So with that, I will catch you guys tomorrow for Smackdown Live Peace